and thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast, where we make adulting easier by making money easier. This is your host, Lauren, and I have to apologize in advance if the audio sounds a little different. I am at one of my Airbnb short-term rental units this week. I'm joined by Jessica, a full-time human being and part-time writer and lifestyle design coach. She's co-founder of The Pioneers, a financial independence blog focused on the intersection between financial independence and lifestyle design. She also provides coaching and courses on career discovery and lifestyle design for people who want to take unconventional paths and design lives they love. In her free time, you can find her spending as much time as possible outside, perfecting her sourdough pizza recipe, and road tripping in her camper van. Thanks for joining me, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I do want to let everybody know this episode is sponsored by Steadily Insurance. Steadily covers many different kinds of properties, single family, multifamily, vacant, restorations, apartment buildings, condos, and manufactured homes. They also cover Airbnbs and VRBOs. If you rent property to others, please, please support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes and getting a quote today. Our goal for today is to make adulting easier for listeners by discussing a personal finance topic, since managing money is a big part of adulting today. Jessica, you and I are going to talk about Coast FI and lifestyle design. You joined me for episode 44, which was over 18 months ago, and that episode was so popular that I just had to bring you back on. Let's start like we did last time. Tell us what financial independence is. Sure. So financial independence is when you get to a point where you have passive income that can cover the full cost of your lifestyle. Um, And so that can be done through building up passive cash flow. So similar to what you're doing, Lauren, with rental properties or through having enough money saved and invested in the stock market that you're able to withdraw a certain percentage of that um, on an annual basis without running out of money, basically. So you, you, for the rest of your life, right? And so that means that you then don't need to work for income anymore and you can do what it is that you want. I remember when I learned about this idea and it was absolutely mind boggling. It was life changing. And it's really the difference between thinking of retirement as an age versus a dollar amount. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same. I would say the same thing was true for me. I think before I was introduced to this idea, I always just assumed that I would be working for 40 years. And I had needed to save as much as I possibly could. And maybe, just maybe, I would be able to retire someday and hopefully be able to cover emergency expenses. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so learning about this as a dollar amount, right, and learning that, you know, in general, you could withdraw three to four percent of your portfolio if you are focused on um, stock market investing, every year without depleting um, your funds was really like that was really just an amazing concept to learn about and to say like, oh, so basically if I, you know, do the math and figure out and if I save like 25 to 30 times the expenses that I have in a year, then I would be able to take that out from my portfolio on an annual basis and never, ever run out of money, no matter what age I start doing that, because the stock market growth will be more than what I'm withdrawing. 
Yep, absolutely. And on years that it's down, the up years will more than make up for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. So that's key too. I just wanted to emphasize what you said there, Jessica, about the actual dollar amounts. So this idea that you can withdraw safely 3 to 4% and not run out of money is very key. And the really the inverse of that, I guess, how many times 3 or 4% goes into 100 is that 25 to 33 times where your annual mm-hmm. expenses are. So if you're thinking about yourself and you're sitting here and you're like, all right, I spend about 60 maybe 50, let's do 50 since it's a more round number, $50,000 per year. That means that I need $1.25 million. I think that math is right. In the Mm -hmm. stock market to generate $50,000 of income. And then boom, you're financially independent. Your money Mm -hmm. pays for your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and one interesting thing to know. So, right. The stock market is down right now. And so, right, there's a lot of people who might be worried about that. But there's been research done with like these calculations. This three to four percent is extremely conservative. And that's saying that you would be able to withdraw that even in the like most down years, right? Especially if you say, I'm only going to do three percent you still have like a 100% success rate of not running out of money, right? So if you decided you wanted to withdraw 4%, I think it's like a 95 success rate. There's, you know, somewhere between 90 and 100% success rate of never running out of money, even if the market tanks, um, as it has many times in the past. Um, And so I think the key thing there is paying attention and being flexible and saying like, do it, you know, do I have the flexibility to spend a little bit less or to make a little bit of money this year to offset that so that I can take out less than the 4%, right? Or less than, you know, less than the, the target amount that you've said. Um, and then it it's pretty safe. Yes, that's that's awesome. That's well said and a very good point. In the Simple Path to Wealth, which is a book by J.L. Collins. He says that he personally does 5% per year. So you can think about, you know, 3 to 4% on an order of magnitude is significantly less than 5%. So definitely that that is conservative. There's also things you can do, right, Jessica, if you retire, say you have one or two years expenses in cash, then if the market goes down, you can spend the cash instead of using the down portfolio. What you can also do, what my plan I think would be is, Maybe like don't make a car purchase in years when the stock market's down, right? Maybe if you can put off that for another year or so. That's kind of me and my husband's plan, I think, as we go into early retirement in a few years here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the the key is like if you pay attention and you can like be flexible and you're in a position in life where you do have that ability to be flexible, then I, I don't foresee there being any issues with it. Yeah. And I think 5% is totally is totally valid if you are willing to be flexible. Right. Good um, point. In those down years. Yeah, for sure. How long does it take to reach financial independence? If someone's starting from, say, zero, not like no debt, let's say, how long does it take, do you think? How long can somebody conceivably become financially independent? Yeah. So 
Really, it depends on your income and it depends on your expenses, right? So how much of your income can you save? Um, if you can save 50% of your income, I think you, that's financial independence. I don't know like, the exact time frame, but I think it's about like 15 to 20 years of time. Is that is that right? right? Yeah. Okay. Right. If you can save more than that, um, then you can reach financial independence a lot more quickly. Um, right. Than than that. And so just, you know, just as an example, so we, my husband and I, we are not financially independent yet, but we are on the path to that. We're close to like 45 to 50% of the way um, to financial independence. Um, and we're 35 now. So start, you know, started our careers out of college at 22, but started with really low incomes, um, you know, like collectively, I think one year we made like 30 or 40,000 living outside New York City. Um, and so, you know, definitely did not start out with that, you know, that engineer or the software developer or like banking kind of salaries. Um, we definitely had to increase our income over time. Um, but we consistently made sure to stay in the black, right? Especially when we had such low incomes. And then as we increased our income, a good percentage of what the increases went into our savings and investments. We, you know, increased our inflated our lifestyle a little bit, but a lot of that went to to our retirement accounts. Um, and so we worked our way up to the place where we were saving about 50% um, of our income in our mid-30s. And so that's gotten us to a place where, you know, we we actually are interested now in saying we don't need actually to reach full financial independence and to retire early so quickly, right? If we continued at the same pace that we had been, I think that we would reach financial independence by the age of 40 or 41. Um, but we don't feel like that's necessary for us, right? And so we're then, we're now to the point where we're saying, okay, we have enough in our retirement that is going to grow, right? We're going to let time do the heavy lifting for us from here on out. Um, and so we're planning on covering our expenses and saving 10 to 20% each year, right? And and with that, we'll still reach financial independence by the age of like 46 if we only save, you know, 10 to 20% um, from here on out, right? And so so the interesting thing about financial independence is I don't think that people actually want financial independence, right? The things that they want are freedom and flexibility and options and joy, right? Like, and rich relationships and time to do the things that they want to do. But I think one thing that we've realized along the path is that we can have those things before we reach financial independence, we don't need to wait until that point. And scaling back our work so that we're only covering our actual costs and saving a little bit on top of that allows us to design our lives and to, you know, really get to a place where we've 
we're designing the life we don't want to retire from. And so then it makes reaching financial independence and retiring early, like obsolete. This is absolutely key. And when I had that big aha moment about the 4% rule and, and all of that, it was at the time, it felt like a binary choice, right? Either I'm going to work 40 years and retire in my 60s, or I'm going to save more than 50% and retire at like 35 or 40. And there's like almost no in between. And that is why I think this idea of Coast FI, which is basically what you're describing, we haven't gotten into that yet, but this idea of my retirement accounts have enough money that when I'm retirement age, they will be able to cover my expenses because they will grow at approximately 8% per year for decades, right? And all I need to do is then basically cover my expenses or like you said, maybe just save a little bit. So this idea that maybe you save 50% for a while, then you can make this change and this, you know, change in the design of your life, which is key. And you're exactly right. If I want to retire early, what does that mean for me? Am I going to stop doing this podcast? Am I going to stop tweeting? Am I going to stop writing? No, I don't think so. I'll just have more flexibility in my life of when I can do those things, right? I wouldn't have to record this at noon on my lunch break from my job, right? We had we would have had more flexibility with that, Jessica. So, you know, that's I just wanted to to emphasize that a little bit that there's this in-between, which I think is very key. And I think it should be really empowering for a lot of people to learn about Coast FI. Yeah. And that, and we can step back for a second and describe. So Coast FI, I would say, is the point at which savings becomes optional for you, right? And so, so Coast FI means that, as you said, in your retirement accounts, you have enough right now based on your age, right? Say I'm 35 and I don't need to retire traditionally until 65, or maybe I want to do 55, right? I can choose the number of years and say, this is the runway that I have between now and when I'm going to need this money. And it's going to compound, you know, and it's, it's going to continue to grow over that time. And so I don't need to add anything else to it. You know, which can give me give me and, you know, people pursuing that lifestyle a lot of freedom and flexibility to be able to reduce our hours or to start a business or start doing contract work, contract or consulting or freelance work to have a lot more flexibility and potentially make more income in a shorter amount of time. Right. And so. So that's, you know, so so for me, when I learned about Coast Financial Independence and realized like that's more of the path that I want because I envision my there being work in my life, right, in the future, I, a different kind of work, right, at the time and work that was on my own terms, work that I really enjoyed doing, um, but I knew that they're all in all likelihood I could generate income doing those things. Right. I had seen I've seen so many people reach financial independence, think they're gonna retire early, right? And sure, they they can call themselves retired. That's totally fine. But they're still working and they're still generating income. And so I saw that and I thought, okay, I'm still gonna generate income. So like wouldn't it be a shame for me? to wait another, you know, six years 
to then just keep doing the work that I would want to be doing now that I can generate income doing and then just end up with a whole bunch of like extra money that I don't need. Yeah, that's so this idea and this is just an example, but you could stay in the full time job that maybe you don't love or maybe you straight up hate it, whatever, for six years or you could leave that, do what you love, but maybe do that for 12 years instead. And isn't that Mm -hmm. better and more rewarding and more fun? And I, I totally agree with you on that. We're splitting hairs a little bit with definitions. But so what is semi retirement? Yeah. So I would say that semi-retirement is like a step past Coast Fi. So semi-retirement is when you have saved, like you're you're at a further place than Coast Fi. So what you can do is start to withdraw a small amount of your portfolio, letting the rest of it grow. And then you're covering a portion of your costs with active income. So some people also call this like barista fire, the idea that like, You know, originally, I think people thought, you know, you could be a barista for 10 hours a week to cover a certain amount of your expenses and then only withdraw like one or two percent that lets the rest grow. Um, But it's expanded now that the idea is anything, any kind of work that you would want to be doing, likely part time, that would enable you to cover, you know, the the portion of your expenses that you need to while still enabling your your portfolio to grow. So for example, I have a friend, um, actually Mel, she she writes um, at Modest Millionaires, who is taking this semi-retirement approach. So she is able to take out about one to two percent of her portfolio each year. And then she has a goal of covering, I think, twenty-five to thirty thousand in active income per year. Um, and if she does that, she'll, I think she calculated that she'll still reach five by her early 40s. So she could, she can start withdrawing now and then has a business that she's running that can enable her to generate the active income that she needs. Um, Those are great examples. And this, I think, should be a very empowering conversation for people because no matter what we're talking about, whether it's Coast Fi or Barista Fi or semi retirement, or full FI, there is a way out. There are a lot of different alternatives to working in a career or a job that you don't love for 40 years. Like, and that's what I think most of us were brought up believing. And I really hope that the work that you're doing and maybe this podcast and other you know content creators, I hope that we're changing that narrative a little bit for the younger folks out there. I want people that are in college or in their 20s to know it's not this long, dark tunnel with this little teeny tiny light at the end. It really can be something that's very attainable now. That's a great example. That's a great example of Mel. What are some other things that you've seen people work into designing their lives? Yeah. So so I work with a lot of people who are slightly earlier in their personal finance and like personal finance journey. So they're not actually to a place where they could semi-retire um, necessarily, but people who have reached Coast Fi or they have good emergency savings and are sort of on track um, have made so many changes. So I've I've seen one of my clients transition to working four days a week um, in a like 
a work environment that she's a lot more interested in. So she's a nurse practitioner um, and was working in just sort of general primary care and then transitioned to working four days a week for a community health center. So that's been neat to see. I have also seen one, like one of my clients recently transition to running um, his own business full-time. Well, full-time, quote unquote. I'm not sure he's working full-time hours necessarily, but he he figured out how to take summers off. So when he was still working full-time in his traditional job, he negotiated a summer off um, and then used some of that time to do some experimentation around the kind of business that he was interested in building. Um, and then about a year later, he then was was confident enough to be able to quit that, um, his, his traditional job, take another summer off, self-funded, right? And then start in on his own business um, that he's really excited and passionate about. And so that's, you know, that's really, really neat to see people, you know, and he actually... I I would I'm would not be surprised if he starts to generate way more income on his own business than he did working full time, right? I think that's sometimes a a thing that holds us back is we assume that if we run our own business, like we're necessarily going to make less money. Like I am so confident that he's going to make more money in less time. You know, maybe he'll make the same amount and just work 20 hours a week, or maybe he'll make more and be able to do that in 20 hours a week. You know, and I'm not saying everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Like, I think that that's one path that people can take. And if that's something you're interested in doing, I think there's a lot of opportunities to do that and a lot of potential upside. Um, And, you know, I've also seen people transition to jobs that they enjoy more or have better perks in their job. So for example, I was working with a woman who was the uh, like CFO of a, a large winery. And, you know, she was figuring out, like she was burned out, She'd been working in this organization, worked her way up for like 15 or 20 years. And you know, was like, do I need to leave in order, like, do I need to leave and start over somewhere else in order to like have some work-life balance, right? And and to set boundaries and all of that. And one thing that I saw her do, you know, upon realizing like, I have options and I have financial freedom and, you know, all of that was to say like, she could start negotiating for better working conditions and get more people on her team and, you know, figure out, you know, and she created this vision of like, she would love to be able to travel internationally with her son and, you know, take a sabbatical and all of these things, you know? And so she created this vision for what, like, what would it look like for work to work for her? Um, And then sometime, so mid last year, the CEO of her company retired. They offered her the job and then she negotiated for all of these things that she wanted. And so she now gets to take like six weeks a year where she's working half time and can work remotely from an international location so she can travel with her son. And so they did like a couple, they've done a few different like 
woofing, so volunteering on organic farms and like living on living on those farmsteads while she's like just taking care of the absolute things that need to get done. Um, you know, and so it's really neat to see the different ways that people are able to design lives that are unique and uniquely fulfilling to them. It can be such a powerful exercise. I did this a few months ago when I was taking a month off in between jobs and I wrote down, what would my day look like if I had my choice? And in some ways it was very similar to how my nine to five is because I do work from home. So some of those things are very similar, but some things were kind of different, right? Instead of getting out of bed and immediately opening up my computer, starting to answer emails, right? All of those things. I wanted, I realized that I wanted to leisurely sit on the couch with a book and some tea and kind of leisurely ease myself into the day. So that's something that's going to be really important for me going forward as I design my life. And when I leave my nine to five and, and focus more on, you know, the rentals and adult seek is easy. And so I would definitely encourage anybody who's never done that before to really dream while you're doing it and realize that it's not a pipe dream. It might be a dream, but it's not a pipe dream. And it's really attainable and something you can do in a relatively short amount of time, in my opinion. I mean, I think I tweeted about this the other day. I was 22 when I bought my first house and that was, or 23, 22 under contract, 23 when I closed. And that was 10 years ago, almost exactly. And in those 10 years, I went from, you know, being a manager at Toys R Us to being financially independent. And that's with, like you said, Jessica, just a massive savings rate, side hustling, things like that. But in 10 years, you can do a lot of financial damage and a lot of the opposite of financial damage, right? Like you can do so much in 10 years and that might seem like a long time, but I promise, I promise it does fly by. You put your head down, you look up, it's been five or 10 years, but it really is attainable. And I really want to encourage people to do that. And even just for, for like your mental sake, it's not good for us to be working this grind that we all seem to be gravitating towards, at least in the United States, we gravitate towards the nine to five and the burnout and the one or two weeks a year. But when you get back from your vacation, you don't get a break and it feels like you need a vacation after your vacation and, and all of these things. Um, sorry, Jessica, I'm just going on a tear now with my monologue, um, but interested to get your thoughts on, on the mental health aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's, you know, that's something that I, have experienced and something that I see really frequently. So for me, when I was working full time and I was just going, right, going hard and trying to, you know, get that next promotion and get that coveted six figure salary and, you know, all of those things. And, you know, I finally got there, but at what cost, right? So my mental health was in shambles. I think it's like, I got the promotion And like, it hadn't even been announced to the organization yet. My like pay had increased, but I, I had a complete mental breakdown and was like off of work on a short-term disability for six months and then quit the job. Right. And right. And, and that's a really extreme example, I think. Um, Right. I don't, I don't think that most people are getting to a place where they're, you know, complete, their mental health is completely falling apart. Um, But I see so many people who are just exhausted and burned out and 
you know, feel like the walls are closing in and I don't even want to think about what I actually want because it's feels so far away. Um, you know, and, and, and I think if we can somehow pull ourselves out of that and realize like, we don't need to like, there, it's not that or early retirement, like there's this whole spread of options in between of ways that we can improve our lives in incremental ways, right. To be able to then have more brain space to dream about the things that are possible, and then to figure out, like, how can I make some of those things happen right now, I think is is incredibly valuable. Um, and so one, one thing that I did over time, you know, so after I, you know, improved and, like, my mental, got my mental health back in a better space, I actually decided to work part-time for a while. Um, and then I... I did that. And then after my mental health improved, instead of increasing my hours, I decided to build a business on the side, which I then was able to take, um, quote unquote, full time. But I don't, you know, take the leap to entrepreneurship, we'll say, because I definitely don't work full time hours, you know. But for me, the, the question when I was working part time was, what could I do? Like, what kind of work do I want to do? Like, would I want to do if I was financially independent and didn't need to generate any income doing it? Like, what would I just do because I wanted to? And then the question beyond that was, could I possibly make money doing some of those things? Right. And so then while I had the part time job, right, so I had the income that I needed to be you know, to, to be covering my portion of, of our family's expenses and, and all of that, I got to experiment with, do I enjoy, do I actually enjoy doing this? And are there ways to generate income and like how much, how consistently, right? And so then I got to a point where it was like, yeah, there are ways to generate income doing this. It is fairly consistent, right? There's always ups and downs to being an entrepreneur for sure. But I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, it's the mental game and right. And, and so getting to the point where it's saying like, sure, there are challenges, but it is so worth it for me now to like, I get to wake up whenever I want to without an alarm and have a slow morning and journal while I'm drinking my coffee and, you know, take walks with my dog in the middle of the day. And, you know, my husband and I have, a, you know, articulated a dream four years ago to be location independent, assuming that we would, you know, at the time that we would need to be financially independent in order to do that. But we're only 50% of the way to FI. We built out a camper van. We're going to be hitting the road in early 2023 for like a three month trip and then we'll be home for a couple months and then we'll be out for another couple months. Um, and we're just going to be working from the road doing, you know, our businesses and working remotely. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, this is a dream that we articulated and we're, you know, close to 50% of the way to five, but we can make that dream a reality. We don't have to wait until FI to do that because of, you know, the ideas of compound interest and Coast FI and, 
you know, the ability to generate income in creative ways. I'm sorry about the mental health crisis that you had. I'm sorry that it got to that point. You're not alone in that, I'm sure. And I just wanted to say about that, that people I don't think should assume that they're going to feel the same way about their jobs or working in general in 20 years as they feel right now. I think I I hear that a lot. People say, but I don't mind working. I I think you don't mind working now. How do you know how you're going to feel when you're 55 and your back hurts or something like that, you know, or whatever it is. And so just giving yourself options I think is, is the best thing that you can do for yourself. And I'm so excited for the the camper van. You've been sharing some of that on Twitter. So I'm really excited about that. I, I believe in being location independent too. My husband got a location independent, you know, fully remote job in late 2019 and early 2020, I made the decision. I was like, I'm only going to work remote from now on. I'm a salesperson. I can do that. And I have not entertained. I've changed jobs a couple of times since then. I've not entertained a job where I have to go into an office for that reason. Right? Like I said at the top, I'm in one of my Airbnbs right now. It's so that I can set up another one in the evenings and on the weekends, but I don't have to take PTO. Oh, PTO. Don't even get me started on that. But <laughs> right. And I can just be location independent. And so you know, I'm really excited for you and your husband. You've painted a really beautiful picture of kind of going from what can be only described as just this very awful place to this beautifully designed life in a relatively short amount of time. Is there anything else you want to add before you wrap up? I think the the last thing that I'll say is to start now, right? And don't just start with the financial side now right? This, the financial side is important, right? Start saving and investing where you can and start to think about what do you really want and what do you want your life to look like in three years, five years, 10 years? What do you want your ideal, like what does your ideal day look like? And how can you work toward that now? But also, how can you embed elements of that into your life on a day-to-day basis too, right? So that you are starting to bring some of that joy and freedom and flexibility into your life, even if it's not fully, you know, what, what that vision looks like. You know, and if, if you do that, I'm confident that one you will get to a place where you eventually reach financial independence. It'll be a side effect, right? Rather than necessarily the goal. Um, As you're pursuing a wonderful life of meaning and purpose and connection. Meaning, purpose, and connection. That's amazing. How can people get in touch with you, Jessica? Yeah, so you can find me on my blog, which is thefioneers.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at the Fioneers. Um, and then I do have a private Facebook group for people who are interested in lifestyle design and financial independence. It's called Slow Fi Enthusiasts. And you can find that at thefioneers.com slash FB for Facebook. All right. All of that is in the show notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Adulting is Easy. I'm also on Facebook, although I'm not the best there, but you can try to catch me there. Um, I started a YouTube channel. There's tons of videos on there, little clips from some interviews. 
You can email me at realadultingiseasy at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, Jessica and I have made adulting a little easier for you.